the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a battle going on for the souls of men. The taste of war is ever dear. But I am safe within the arms of God's dear bride. She is the keeper of my soul. She is the church of Christ. I'll not Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Breidenbaugh of the Gospel Defender Ministries. The message you are about to hear will encourage and equip those who have ears to hear to be a Christian, clothed with the armor of a Gospel Defender. Ladies and gentlemen, what did Jesus build and how did he build it? Let us begin by noting the noteworthy. Jesus was the son of and grew up in the house of a carpenter. But the scriptures do not speak once of Jesus' building skills as a carpenter. We are never told of any chair, table, bench, or house that Jesus ever built with the common tools of the common carpenter. It is unquestionably good that there is no preserved artifact that was built by him. Someone would have found it, enshrined it, and would be in worshiping it. And yet he was the greatest builder who ever lived. What he built has never been replicated by anyone else. What he built has endured the storms of persecution. What he built has withstood 2,000 years of satanic and demonic attack by atheists, agnostics, and aggressive unbelievers. What he built has withstood the test of time. This isn't surprising, for what he built was foreordained by the counsel of the Godhead, that once it was built... It would never, ever cease. As one Old Testament prophet wrote, That which the God of heaven would set up would never be destroyed. It shall stand forever. Of course, you know what I am talking about. His church. The church of Christ. The body of Christ. The bride of Christ. You know the prelude to her construction as well as I. 
After entering into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples in Matthew 16, verse 13, What do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They responded, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But their answer wasn't good enough. That did not suffice. He pressed them even further. But who do you say that I am? And of course it was Peter who responded on behalf of the entire group. He answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter had responded correctly. And because he did, Jesus said he was blessed. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. This event is found in the three synoptic gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But Matthew is unique in that he recorded those well-known words of Jesus in verse 18, that on this rock I will build my church. These are very familiar words to those of us in the church that Jesus built. They are among the first passages of Scripture that we learned as new babes in Christ. Many messages have been preached on this text, and it would be foolish for me to think that I can offer anything new on the subject. But we live at a new and different time than those days of our conversion to Christ. It appears to some of us that a different church is emerging. It is different for the one to which we were added a few years ago. And so it is necessary to speak on this text once again. The first question is, what did Jesus build? The answer is obvious to the most junior student of the Bible among us. He built the church. He built his church. There is not one denomination or one cult that is a part of the church that he built. These were built without his assistance and without his approval. This fact that is so obvious to some of us is not so obvious to others. It is new to some people. As far as what is recorded in sacred script, his church is the only thing that he ever built. And when he built it, the church became his. It is not the preacher's church. It is not the elder's church. It is not the deacon's church. It is not the lady's church. It is not the congregation's church. Or, to put it another way, it is not our church. It is his church. It is not the Pope's church. It is not the area superintendent's church. It is his church. The church that Jesus built is his church. 
Jesus bought her. Jesus purchased her. Jesus gave his blood for her. Jesus died for her. Jesus is her head. She is not his. And in case you missed it, I just said something important that is worth repeating. Jesus is her head. She is not his. The answer to the first question is quite simple. There really isn't all that much to say about the answer to this question. We could ask three other questions and preach on the answers to those three questions as well. Where did Jesus build his church? When did Jesus build his church? Why did Jesus build his church? The answers to those three questions are found in the same place that the answer to the first question is found. He built his church in Jerusalem as of Acts chapter 2. He built her sometime around 33 A.D. And according to Ephesians 3 verse 6, he built her to glorify himself by the church manifesting his wisdom. And so the answer to the first question we are asking, what did Jesus build, is quite simple. He built his church. But it is the second question of this message that needs more time than we can give to it in one message. It needs more time because the current trends that we see taking place in the body of Christ are evidence that those who should know better don't. Many people these days, and especially preachers, are hell-bent to build a megachurch or to be a part of a megachurch. And that is how some local churches are bending in the direction of hell. The fact is, if you are a Christian, you are already a member of the megachurch. The church that Jesus built is huge, and it is worldwide with hundreds of thousands of members. There is certainly nothing wrong with being a local megachurch if it is really the church that Jesus built. But it appears to some of us from what we read and hear and see, that for the local church to become a megachurch, the building blocks that Jesus used to build his church must be either ignored or minimized to such an extent that what is really built is not much more than a social network of nice, untaught, unregenerate, uncommitted, unrepentant people with a smattering of saved souls scattered throughout the congregation. The megachurch that Jesus built did not use youth preachers wearing earrings and sporting tattoos, preachers wearing bleach-dyed Levi's with holes strategically placed in the knees and thighs, buildings with cappuccino cafes, donut diners, and Christian souvenir shops, auditoriums with running lights in the aisles, wide screen projections, 
drop-down screens, and PowerPoint presentations to keep the people awake, support group ministries for the single unmarried, the single unwed mothers, and the divorced who have become single, yoga classes, karate classes, and exercise classes, praise bands, praise choruses, and praise dances. Jesus built his church with none of these non-essentials that are in some cases nothing but the silly nonsense of the world brought into the church so she would appear to be with it. So how did Jesus build his church? Certainly not by copying the trends of the world. His church transcends the trends of the world. The answer is found on the first few pages of the book that we know as the history of the early church, the book of Acts. It is in this book that the story is told of the building of the church of Christ. To be the church of the book, we must know what the book says about church building. If you are interested in building a church that Jesus did not build and that appeals to the appetites of the lost world, there are several books flooding the Christian book market that you might want to consult. There are many how-to books out there on this subject. But if you are interested in following the building program of the Lord of the Church, it is the book of Acts to which you must turn. We know what Jesus built, his church, but how did he build it? There may be more than seven, but consider at least seven ways that the founder of the church did this. First, he used people. For at least 18 months, Jesus trained, discipled, and equipped a specific, exclusive group of people, his apostles. In those 18 months, they observed his miracles, listened to his sermons, and heard his lessons. They watched him closely as he interacted with the publicans and sinners, as well as the hypocritical, bigoted scribes and Pharisees. Jesus entrusted the building of his church to people just like you and me before he ascended to the right hand of the Father. He assembled together these men, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, and told them, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. This method of church building has not changed. The church is built by people of God, who are the submissive servants to God. The church is built up by saved, regenerated people going to lost, unregenerated people, and telling them, the good news of Christ. The world uses every gimmick in the world 
to entice people to do things that they otherwise would not do. The churches uses not another gimmick. She uses her people. The church has been duped into believing that if she just has one more addition on a building, if she has just one more program, if she offers just one more new form of Christian entertainment, she can entice the world to join her and then become a big church. In most cases, she just becomes a big, lost, unsaved, unregenerated group of people who is interested in beautiful buildings, a variety of programs, and new Christian entertainment. It is not these methods that Christ used to build his church. It was people who obeyed his will. Remember, the church of Christ at Laodicea was rich, wealthy, and in need of nothing, and yet she was like vomit in the mouth of Christ. Programs, gimmicks, and things do not build spiritual, regenerated churches. God's people, who are submissive to the Lordship of Christ, do. Second, he used preachers. The people that Jesus chose to build his church were preachers. It is true that they were also apostles, but as apostles, they preached. They were preaching apostles. But the church that Jesus built had preachers in her who were not apostles. The church that says she does not believe in a clergy system should stop practicing it. The modern-day church, in most places, is depending entirely upon a professional preaching clergy to preach the word and evangelize the lost. And if the preacher does not rack up the numbers fast enough to suit the elders and the congregation, another one is shipped in to do that which the previous ten could not do. The church that Jesus built was filled with preachers sitting on every pew. Every member was a preacher. No theological degree was required. After Stephen had been killed in Acts chapter 7, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Who was scattered? The church was scattered. Acts 8 verse 4 says, Those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. But Acts 8 verse 1 says, The apostles were not among those who were scattered preaching the word. The church that Jesus built was built with people of God preaching the word of God. Paul wrote in Romans 10 verse 13, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And in verse 14 he asked, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him 
of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? The church is built by preachers, not a degreed professional clergy, but by pew-sitting preachers. As I think about this subject of Jesus building his bride, the church, I am reminded of that which Genesis chapter 2 says to us about how God, the Creator, built a woman. It is in that chapter that God recorded these words in verses 21 and 22. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. In some translations it is written that the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he built into a woman. The Adam of Genesis 2 was the first Adam, and Jesus, the Christ, the builder of his church, is the second Adam. From both Adams, a woman was built. In the case of the first Adam, it was his bride Eve. In the case of the second Adam, it was his bride, the church. Both Eve and the church came from the side of their husband. Eve was built from one of Adam's ribs, the church was built by the blood of the Lamb of God that poured forth from His side. It is written in John 19, verse 34. One of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. Although we know that Jesus shed blood before He was ever nailed to the cross by the scourgings and other physical treatment He received, it is John 19, verse 34, that specifically speaks of the blood that flowed from the side of his body. Concerning the church, Apostle Peter wrote to the church in 1 Peter 1, verses 18 and 19, that she was not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. It was not with wood, hammer, nails, and mortar that the church was purchased. It was with blood, the blood of Christ. We wish we had more time to speak on this question, how did Jesus build his church? But that round thing on the wall with 12 numbers on it tells us that we will not have time at this time to address the third building block that Jesus used to build his beloved bride, the church. So until then, we urge you to be a living stone added to the church that he built by obeying the only gospel plan of salvation there is in the book that gives us the blueprint for the spiritual building that he built. Repent, and let every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
be baptized for the remission of sins. There's a battle going on for the souls of men. The taste of war is ever near. But I am safe within the arms of God's dear bride. Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Brightenbaugh speaking. You have just heard another Gospel Defender Ministries radio broadcast brought to you by the church that Jesus built that preaches all of the word to all of the world. Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, He who believes and is baptized will be saved. So find someone today who will immerse you into Christ today before it is everlastingly too late. Our mailing address is Gospel Defender Ministries, Post Office Box 575, Chillicothe, C-H-I-L-L-I-C-O-T-H-E, Chillicothe, Ohio, Zip 45601. You can also contact us through the World Wide Web at gospel-defender.org or by email at agosdef, A-G-O-S-D-E-F, agosdef at roadrunner.com. At your request, a written transcript or an audio copy of today's message will be sent to you free of charge with no obligation from you now or in the future. We need to hear from you as soon as possible, so please take the time to contact us today. Now, until you and I meet again at this same time and at this same place, our prayer is that you will be steadfastly set for the defense of the gospel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.